Welcome to DLS Central. What a NFL playoffs it has been. I just I just got to say it. it. This has been one of the most exciting playoff uh series that uh, the NFL has ever had. All the games have been really um exciting to watch except for maybe a few in the wild card, but once you got past the wild card um you know it it really got tight. It really got tense, and you saw some really great moments. Um, I think this season is going to go down as probably one of the most bizarre, but also one of the best because it was so wide open, so unpredictable, um, so many narratives changing, um, and 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 momentum swinging constantly um, with with like little with like. Just, just teams surprisingly winning and say, like, "Oh wow, I, I think they're they're you know this team isn't good." And it's like, "Oh okay, they might be decent." Then it's like, "Yeah, they're back to be." Oh okay. It's so, there were so many moments like that this season. But when the dust was cleared and when the dust was settled, the two teams that are going to the Super Bowl are the Cincinnati Bengals, <laughs> and uh, they'll be playing the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, in SoFi, so this is a home game for LA, which hasn't happened um, in, in the 55 years that the Super Bowl has been running. Uh, so, to me, this is this is pretty unprecedented, and the reason why it's unprecedented is because, again, generally, except for probably the early years of the Super Bowl, the Super Bowl's been played in nice in nice areas, a nice climate, um, and for LA to be the host and then them be able to get to the Super Bowl, that's that's pretty huge. But it speaks to how good um, and how stacked they are as a football team. Um, and so I'm happy for the Rams, and I'm I'm happy for the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, you know they're they're in my home state of Ohio, um, but I mean I'm a Cleveland fan. Obviously, uh, you know you gotta you gotta pick one or the other. But <laughs> I'm I'm happy uh, that. You know, for for those guys, because they they really worked hard, they grinded it out, um, and I think you you got to see them get stronger and stronger as the season progressed. Um, they had some hiccups, and they didn't necessarily. They, there were times where it's like, uh, I don't know if they can. They got some weapons, but I don't know if they'll be able to get over the hump. But then they got to the playoffs, and. And I mean, I thought they were gonna, you know, they were gonna fizzle out each round, but they just kept coming, and and they won some grinders. They won some grinders of a game. I mean, you know, they this was not an easy road. I mean, they 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 had a tough game against the Raiders. They barely got past a game Titans team, and then they take down the Kansas City Chiefs in one of the most epic AFC championship games in the history of the NFL. I mean, it was it was great because, I mean, when you look at the score and they were down 21-3, I'm like, oh, this is over. <laughs> it's, it's, it's over. It's it, We're in this first half of the game and they're down 
18 to the most explosive offense in the history of the NFL. <laughs> Well, I don't want to say history, but are you could argue it. I don't want to say the the most, but you can argue um, that their their offense is up there with uh, among the most explosive offenses because they have they have weapons at almost every position, and so it's it, it's arguable to say that, but. I mean, when you think about what the Bengals accomplished, Burrow coming back, and, and you know, there is a reason why they call him Joey, you know, or Joe Ice, or you know, Joe Cool. Like he, he's, he's kind of like, because I know they call Montana Joe Cool, or or they call him Joe Bird. There you go, Joe Bird, <laughs> because he's, you know, he he is cool, calm, and collected. And he doesn't get rattled. He doesn't, he doesn't. Um, get shaken up by his mistakes. He just comes out, okay, next play, next possession. And when he threw the pick and he got another crack at it, it he, he played like he didn't remember the pick. And and you can tell as a fan, it's like, yes, have I ever played the game? No. Um, but I watched tons of football, and you can tell, like, when you know, when you're watching the games – whether a quarterback is rattled by the fact that they threw an interception and those that are just going out say, okay, you know, that happened, but it's over now and next play, like they, it's short memory. So you you can tell body language wise um, what was going on. And he had, he, he did not show any effects of it. And he came back and, and made a difference and, you know, made a big play. And so I think when, when they scored that touchdown, to you know, close to the end of the first half, it it caused the chief it, it, it caused them the uh, them to send a message to the chief say, hey, we're not out of this game yet. And I think it kind of made the chief like, oh, okay, like they this is still a game. But then when it just they they the Chiefs were a different team in the second half. They started playing really tight and. I believe that the Bengals sensed that, and I was I was of the impression I'm like you can because the Chiefs don't have a great defense. Is it was only a matter of time. It's like I don't know how lo- how long they can cover Jamar Chase. I don't know how long they can hold on to the uh, the other guys on the team, and it they proved it. It's like the, they started finding openings. Like oh okay, I see uh, there. This is where the holes are, and they started exploiting them. And next thing you know. Bengals have the lead and the Chiefs can do anything else about it. Um, when it went to OT and the Chiefs got the ball, like everybody else, I thought the Chiefs were going to win. Because, again, we, we just saw the Chiefs do this against Buffalo the previous week. They get the ball in overtime and they just charge down the field and score a touchdown game over. And, I mean, I, as much as I, if the Bengals defense is is uh, you know respectable, I definitely give them that. But against the Chiefs in overtime, you're in Arrowhead. The Chiefs have a, one of the best defenses in the league. It 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 nothing favored the Chiefs in this scenario uh, in overtime, and so but the Chiefs held. T- you know they they held them, and they found a way to to get into field goal range and get the field goal to win the game. I mean, and they did it with a combination of running and passing, 
and the the joy to see you know the the team and the and the fan like and I guess the, well not the fans because they were on Arrowhead, but just to see like the joy and elation. I know that fans were just going crazy in Cincinnati. Like that was beautiful, you know that that that's beautiful to see, and especially considering the drought that they've had. Like they haven't been to the to the Super Bowl since I was six. You know, it was it was nineteen eighty eight. That was the last time they went to the Super Bowl. Uh, so that that's huge for them, and hopefully they they aren't just happy to be there. Hopefully they come in and they play to win, because the Rams. Had had just like had a similar moment, you know they 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 face some uh, some adversity in this game against the Forty ers It looked pretty neck and neck uh, in the first half. I mean, Niners figured out a way to to get a field goal to 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 get the lead, you know, late in the second half in the first half. Um, but that touchdown in the third quarter that made me go ooh. They're in a little bit of trouble now because that San Francisco defense was stingy. But then in the fourth quarter, is they they woke all the way up. Like Aaron Donald, after that touchdown, Aaron Donald pulled the defense together and was like, hey, <laughs> let's get it together. And from then on, I mean they were they were a different team. They were a different team. That that touchdown didn't didn't uh didn't demoralize them. It didn't take the wind out of themselves. It actually uh, fueled them to to play harder, and because they could see the Super Bowl slipping away, and I believe they locked in rather than check out. And so that was that that showed you the resilience and the strength of this Rams team. And they scored thirteen in the fourth quarter. I mean that. And when they got the lead back, like actually when they tied it to make it 17-17, I knew that they were going to win it because the Niners, for what they had, I just didn't think that in this particular moment that they were actually going to, unless the Rams made a mistake, which they didn't, that they weren't going to, to win it on their own. I mean, and there were so many opportunities for the 49ers to win this game. I think that was what was uh, pretty fascinating about this too. Well, especially when you look at like the, the dropped interception and just so many other plays that actually really would have helped them. Um, they just couldn't get it done. They couldn't make the play when they needed to, especially in the second half um, in the fourth quarter, especially rather um, and of course, you know the Jimmy G has a chance at the end to win it. To win it, um, gets caught up in a pass rush, almost gets taken down by Aaron Donald, but tries to flip it to his uh, his receiver, bounces off the receiver's hands and into the hands of a Rams. It's game over. But I mean, I didn't think Jimmy G played terrible, but at the same time, he didn't show up when they needed him to show up. I mean that that fourth quarter he couldn't do anything. And and it and and that's that's what separates the elite quarterbacks from just the professional from just quarterbacks who are who are playing at a professional level. Um and Jimmy G is he he's a quarterback that that can that is 
you know, uh, decent at a professional level, but he's not elite level. And and I think we we saw that that happen. Um, and so it's like we saw why he's not an elite quarterback. He just he couldn't he couldn't do anything. He couldn't generate any momentum for them in the fourth quarter because the game was still there for them to take it. If 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 he's able to orchestrate and and have a little bit more vision um and and be able to, to hit hit uh hit receivers on the money we we may be having a different discussion but he just couldn't do anything and credit to the Rams defense too because they really amped up and they made it tough on him but again come on Jimmy G this is why this is when they need you. This is this is why you won't be on the Niners uh, next year because you can only do so much to benefit your team. And many argue that oh, it wasn't necessarily Jimmy G that got them there. It was defense and and Debo Samuel, <laughs> uh, and you know, and running and and so it's it's like they some are arguing that that uh, the Niners got there in spite of Jimmy G rather than being led by Jimmy G. We can't say that for Stafford and, and the Rams because Stafford's a big part of why they got there. Um, he was really the missing piece uh, for the, for the Rams because they had talent before he got there um, and they've been to a Super Bowl before, but you bring in Stafford because he's, he's better than golf and he he can play the quarterback position well. The argument with him was, can he get you over the hump, especially you know during those years in Detroit? And for him to to win this game and and get to the Super Bowl, it changes the it changes how you how you kind of view those Detroit years. It's like yes, he had his mistakes, but you can really make a case. That, oh, you know what? This was his his career was hampered by being on that Detroit team uh, for so long um, because they just it was the team. Uh, you know, it was other issues, and it wasn't just about oh, Stafford's not good. They had so many problems, and and I think he he's he's proving his doubters wrong, and he's able to uh, to rise above the moment. And uh, and that's why he's in the Super Bowl. And of course, he got my pet train. <laughs> but I, I like my train. That's my that's my pet train. And so the the thing that we have to be excited about, I think, big time is just we're gonna for for one of these guys for, for whatever team wins this thing is is. It's a narrative changer. It's it's a um, it's a perspective changer. A matter of fact, the perspective has already been changed. But I, th- I would say it would it would be a perspective sol- like solidifier <laughs> uh, for whoever team wins this because especially for the Rams, I think the Rams this this win would mean even more to them from a standpoint of they've been chasing it for so long. They bit is. Isn't, I mean, for the Bengals, it's like a Cinderella story um, because no one expected the Bengals to be <laughs> in this situation. With the Rams, people had expectations, and those expectations were constantly getting uh, let down. Um, but 
for the Bengals, no one would have would have given them a realistic chance of win of beating the teams that they beat in and getting to where they are. And so I feel like the Bengals they're they're playing with house money uh because they're going to be the they were the underdogs and they're they're still the underdogs. And so people people like to root for the underdog, but I also think that if they lose this game it is not going to that they're not going to get eviscerated uh, in the media or anything unless they just look terrible in in the coaching. It's like, oh, what were you doing on that play? Oh, what was this? But I mean, it's not going to be even with that. It's not going to be that big of a deal because again, you weren't supposed to be here in the first place. But you clawed and fought and scratched your way um, and to a Super Bowl appearance. But for the uh, for the Rams, this I think a, a a win means so much for that team. I mean, for Aaron Donald, it's it would be the the uh, the pinnacle achievement for him because he's he's gonna go down as one of the best defensive players ever. Um, at least from a de- defensive lineman perspective, um, and and then you got Stafford is going to change the narrative for him, and people can finally uh, put some some uh, some true respect on his name, as, and he'll be able to be counted among those quarterbacks who can say, "Hey, I not only won a Super Bowl, but I led my team to a Super Bowl." And that's going to put some weight on on, on him and put him in the narrative of uh, you know better you know better quarterbacks and his his prestige will will get a permanent bump uh, because you you have to respect the resume that you know that he's put together and for OBJ I th- I, th- I feel like looking when I first looked at Twitter. And I saw, you know, all of the, the the aftermath of the victory. It was like OBJ, OBJ, like everybody's happy for OBJ um, because he is box office and he is a good receiver. He He's a great wide receiver. Um, and it was just something where on New York, he could only go so far with with what they had there. Then he goes to Cleveland and he he kind of got snake bit by injuries uh, and so he didn't really get to even i feel like he didn't really get to show his best one because he was hurt half the time <laughs> he was in cleveland but then when he's on the field it was it was spotty in regards to his chemistry with baker mayfield not off the off the field i believe that they were good um i don't think it was an off the field issue but on the field is just because Baker has has flaws because Baker has major issues uh, when it comes to consistency. He wasn't able to 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 put up the numbers with OBJ that everybody would have hoped, and so it became a situation where up oh, free OBJ, free OBJ, his talents being wasted. Then he goes to a contender, which is what people wanted to see him play for anyway. They want to see him play for a contender for for one who has legitimate Super Bowl chances. And I mean, and to be fair, the Browns, my Browns did have a legitimate Super Bowl, you know, um, 
eyes before injuries hit, like and before COVID hit, and before also they kind of fell off a cliff in terms of being able to to stop teams uh, and put up points in crucial moments. So they 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 got ravaged with injuries and with COVID, but then they just that that transition into not being able to make plays when they needed to. And so for OBJ, you're you're I'm I'm with everybody else. I'm I'm happy that he's got this opportunity to show how great he is. And now we get to see we get to see Odell Beckham Jr. in the Super Bowl to to really put his stuff on the on the biggest stage in football. So I was excited to see that. And so we'll be right back to talk more aftermath of this. Looking for a one-stop shop for music, movies, and television? Then look no further than Music Time. Music Time is a 24-7 live TV and streaming network. They are a platform uh, that also features live music concerts as well as a, a growing movie archive. The TV network features movies, reality TV shows, hip hop, news, documentaries, and more. And so what you want to do is check them out because they're a revolutionary streaming service that really tries to reach out to the global media community. They're only going to get better. They're only going to keep growing. They're going to continue to increase content. So they've just started out. Their kickoff was the fall of this year. So join in, sign up, and be a part of one of the biggest growing platforms on the planet, Music Time. Want to sign up? Go to www.ppvmuzictyme.com. It's time for music. Okay, and so it's going to be a good Super Bowl. I'm excited about the matchups. Uh, but there was one thing that I thought was interesting. It was the whole narrative about the OT, the like the overtime issue. And so going back to the divisional round, we had one of the epic, uh, another epic uh, NFL playoff game that's probably going to be like showed constantly on the NFL network. It was this, the Chiefs-Bills game. I mean that game. I we all knew that it was going to be magic because uh, both teams were were the ones that I think everybody said, okay, whoever wins this game is going to the Super Bowl. That's what we all thought. And so um, again, because again, we didn't see the Bengals coming. We didn't think that the Bengals are going to beat the Titans. They barely got past the Raiders. And they're like, ah, eh, they they're good enough to be in the playoffs. Um, but they're not going to beat any of the good teams. And, of course, the Bengals win, you know, in Tennessee um, by three, by a field goal, which has become the narrative this whole <laughs> this whole playoff game. Most of the games this uh, this playoff round have been won by three points. Um, and so except for this Bills Chief game, like this was the only game in the divisional round that was decided by a touchdown rather than a field goal. 
and albeit in overtime because this was the only one that went to overtime. So um, this one was the anomaly out of the three. And for the Chiefs, they it's like they force overtime. And by by coming back, Mahomes has 13 seconds left to score seven points. 13 seconds left. That was crazy. I mean, when when you think about everything that that has to happen for you to score it with that amount of time, they figured out a way to do it. And you Mahomes is great. He's is he gonna win it every time? No. Well, actually, they didn't score a touchdown in the uh in the within thirty seconds. They scored a field goal in thirteen seconds. But Mahomes got Mahomes got them into field goal range within that time frame for them to kick a field goal to send it to overtime. Like the the concentration, the ability, the coordination that you have to have to 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 get a team within field goal range in thirteen seconds um, is with with and manage the time. And, you know, you know, it, it was all great. Now, what helped for the Chiefs is the fact that they had their timeouts. Um, so to me, that was really what helped them do this. I don't think they would have been able to do this if they didn't have timeouts. So they had timeouts, but they were able to do this. And I think that's what everybody says, oh, the, uh, you know, the, them making a field goal and, you know, the overtime and all that, whatever happened. Like that 13 seconds is going to stay with Bill, with Buffalo Bills fans for the rest, like forever. <laughs> Just like my Browns, my Browns fans, they're going to, they're going to remember the fumble and the drive forever. Um, they're, they're going to remember this forever. It is going to be among the, the, the pain moments uh, for Buffalo, and they have a lot too. And so, the you know then they get to overtime, and Kansas City gets the ball first, and then they just they just charge down the field, and and Mahomes throws to Kelsey for a touchdown, game over, and the outrage was oh. Josh Allen should have had an opportunity to 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 possess the ball and and OT needs to be changed. And I'm in the camp. I I hold the position of those who feel like it doesn't need to be changed. And because my thing is they actually did already change OT. Like the reason why and I like the change that they made because when I was a kid growing up, the OT and, and you know what everybody else remembers, you know, from my generation and and and, uh, and and earlier, if you got to overtime, any score will win the game. It, it could be a safety, it could be a field goal, or a touchdown. Like whoever scores one of those wins the game. Uh, but they changed the rules to where if if one team scores a field goal or, you know, then the other team gets the opportunity to possess the ball. You just can't give up a touchdown. But if your team gives up the field a field goal, then that doesn't necessarily automatically mean that the game is over right away. If you're if the first person to touch the, to uh, possess the ball uh, just scores a field goal, then the other team gets a chance to 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 answer that you know that score and if there's another field goal then after that 
whoever wins, like whoever scores wins. Or if they can't, or if the other team gets a stop and they can't answer them, then the game is over. But to me, I like that. You just can't give a touchdown because if you give a touchdown, okay, OT over, game decided. Because to me, a, a touchdown is definitive. But for the folks to say, oh, you know, they need to change the, the rules again, I just don't believe because, again, they you got to play defense. And the defense is what let Buffalo down. It wasn't anything else. It was the defense. It was a defense that put them in that situation to begin with because they couldn't get a stop when it mattered. When it mattered, they couldn't stop Mahomes. They couldn't stop the run game because the run game was gashing them up. I mean, as much as Mahomes, as much of damage that Mahomes did um, from the air, the the run game was actually hurting Buffalo too, and so and they were, and it was helping them keep momentum going. But the teams they were answering each other. But if you're Buffalo, if you hold them, if you get if you get a stop, if you hold them for 13 seconds, then you're going to play the Bengals, and we may have you know they may beat the Bengals, and so the the narrative isn't changed to overtime rules. The the thing is, you got to play defense because if you if you play defense and you hold Kansas City to a field goal, <laughs> then Josh Allen does get the ball back. So is it's not that he doesn't he he wouldn't have had an opportunity to possess the ball, but the defense didn't do what they needed to do to give him an opportunity to possess the ball. You got to make a stop, or at least hold him to three, then you get the ball. But if you give a touchdown, game's over. And then when you flip to this game, Chiefs had another overtime game. And to me, this has got to be unprecedented, too. I, I need to go through uh, some stats to see how many back-to-back overtime playoff games there have been in the history of the NFL playoffs. Well, the uh, yeah, of the NFL playoffs. Because to me, this was... This was unprecedented as well uh, to where, you know, the Chiefs have to go, have to deal with two of these. But, again, another situation where it's it's overtime and now you have, you know, Chiefs against the Bengals. And so, but in this case, both teams did get to possess the ball because, you know, the uh, the Bengals – yeah, they were able. It's like the, the Chiefs got it first. They won the coin toss, but the Bengals were able to stop them because they played defense. <laughs> and then the Bengals came down and they and they were able to make the better plays and get in a position and win the game. So, and and I saw somebody uh, when I was watching when I was looking through Twitter at the results of that game. Somebody was like, "So we good with the OT rules now?" <laughs> like. Yeah, this was this you, you this game killed the past argument, and I believe that it helped people see like, hey, you just got to play defense. You you can't just give up a touchdown. Just a touchdown shouldn't warrant. Oh, the other the other guy should just get the ball, and make it like college rules. This isn't college football. This isn't college football. This is the NFL, and so this is a higher level. Um, you know, it, 
there's differences between the the college game and the pro game because the pro game is the elite of the elite. Again, I think about the receiving rule. Uh, you know, college, you you got to have you know you got to have uh, if it, as long as you have like on tough catches, so you have one foot down, uh, then it's a you know then you can you can qualify as a catch. But in the NFL, you got to have both feet. In in you know inside uh, the the boundary, in order to to be qualified for a catch, so it's tougher. The rules are are tougher. So to me, you just gotta you gotta make the plays. Your de- you got a defense for a reason. Your defense has to do their job to give your offense a chance. That's how the game is. That's how the game is played. And I don't think that while it was thrilling, I don't think that the um, the OT rules need to be changed any more than um, than they have been already because set you set the the team has to own some of the responsibility for this and I think that the the Bills defense they're going to have to eat this they're going to have to to dig deep and recognize hey in these kind of situations, we gotta be we we gotta do our job to give our quarter our great quarterback Josh Allen because Josh Allen did every and he did everything that he could to to get his team a win um, and so he deserves zero zero blame for how this turned out. I mean he he made the the pass of his life before the Chiefs uh you know got a field goal uh, at the you know, to to uh, to tie the game up. So, and, and people wanted to see him get another chance to create some more magic. But again, your defense has to put you in that position to be able to do that. If they get a stop, if they hold them a three, then you can. Then we might be able to see some Josh Allen magic. But if they can't do that, then that it's on the defense because they couldn't stop the offense. So that's my take with the OT rules. I I understand the argument. And I would say my if if they do elect to change the rule, I don't I wouldn't want it to it like let's say for the sake of argument I was a a uh, change the OT rules guy. <laughs> so for the sake of argument um, which might be a new segment on the show for the sake of argument. But as a matter of fact, you know what? That's what it's going to be. So this is uh, for for the sake of argument session, uh, section of, of things. Uh, and for the OT rule, I would say if we're going to change it, my suggestion would just be to, to set the play clock at five minutes and whatever happens in that, in that, amount of time that's that's it so you know whatever who how many points that either both teams can score within that time frame then it's definitive that way so it's like hey five minutes somebody scores a touchdown you get the ball back you do your thing if you get a start it's like it because if you do that then it to me it it really cuts all excuses because it's like, hey, they gave you another five minutes to do to to make something happen, and you can definitively say, 
you didn't make the play. You got the ball back. You couldn't do anything with it. They, you know, the defense got the stops that they needed, and you just couldn't get over the hump. Or they, they just they scored two touchdowns. You didn't answer. Um, you know, or they were trying to give you the game. They threw an interception, but you couldn't get over the hump. So, to me, they that's how I would change it. Just just cut out all of the 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 restrictions. Oh, you know. This team, if it's a field goal, this or if it's a touchdown, this cut out the conditions and just okay, you got five minutes uh, of overtime play. Whoever wins, whoever has the you know, whoever comes out on top at at the end of five minutes wins the game, and so that's to me that that's how you solve it. Um, if it if it, but again, I don't think it needs to be solved because I like the overtime rules. <laughs> <laughs> I like the overtime rules and I was listening to one podcast and I thought that uh that um Keyshawn Johnson made a good point um when arguing about the overtime rules because he was saying like it's also a health issue. You know, because football is a brutal sport and so it you know, why it, it there's a risk, there's a there's a, a health risk whenever you extend the the game beyond you know regulation because again full contact anything can happen somebody you know it's there the risk of or serious injury is there so you have to factor that in when you when everybody's like oh we need you know overtime overtime and especially when we're talking about player safety and and you know concussions and all that stuff and CTE and all this argument you have to really consider that as a as a factor I, th- I think people don't because they're like well it's football you know what you signed up for when you step out on the football field but no we should we, we should care these aren't you know these these are human beings um you know they're they're not robots out there and so we yes they they're athletes yes they're they're gladiators they're warriors you know they you know they they want to you know, they want to battle it out and, you know, cast everything else to the wind uh, for a chance to, to win the top prize. But they're humans, too. And we do see the real effects of this. So I think that we if a team scores a touchdown and this game over, I don't have a problem with it <laughs> because it gets to, you know, the game was over relatively quick and there's no more injury you know, risk. But it was definitive. Again, a touchdown in an OT situation in football is a is definitive. A field goal doesn't seem as definitive um, just right out the gate because it's like, okay, you know, let, let's see what the other team has to do because you don't have to go the full length of the field. But they went the full length of the field and did whatever they want to do and scored a touchdown. So, to me, there's a difference between, um, like, yeah. To me, there's a you know there's a difference between a field goal and a, and a touchdown. So, hats off to you know to the uh, to to Cincinnati for winning for winning the uh, the AFC championship, and hats off to to Kansas City for for pulling out that win against the Bills in the divisional round. But I mean, as far as OT goes, leave it alone. The the it's like the the people that I feel like are crying about this 
are people that either have money <laughs> or, or, or they get or they're fans of it. Like, and I mean, of course, may, there's maybe even a small percentage of people that just that they just don't like the rule. But there's nothing wrong with the rule that the Bills uh, didn't do what they they didn't do their job and. That's why, like the team, like the defense, they didn't do the job, and so that's why they're they're at home now. So that's my take on the OT rules for the sake of argument. Hi, everybody. Damon here, and I'm happy to announce the release of my eighth book, Simon versus Peter, moving from instability to stability. When Simon met Jesus, his life and his name changed. By calling him to be Peter, Jesus set a war over identity in motion on the inside of him that would play out all in the four gospels. Jesus has done the same with us. This book is for anyone who wants keys to overcoming the instability in their life and becoming the stable person God called us to be. If you'd like to pick up a copy of this book, uh, you can find it on Amazon and you can also find it on my website, which is smithbooks77.square.site. Pick up great literature today. And so we got the Super Bowl being set. It's Bengals, Rams, and SoFi. And... I'm excited. I'm happy for for both teams that are that are going to be in this game. Um, the matchup is is pretty stellar, and I, I would be happy for whatever team wins. I think uh, this is one of those Super Bowls where um, I can actually just enjoy it and not be nervous for for anybody. You know, um, because both. Both um, both have a narrative uh, to them. Like both teams have a strong narrative to them. I think we we care about both about uh, players on both sides of this, and it's just it's not. I, I don't think that it's it's as monumental. As, oh, Tom Brady! You know, I don't think Tom Brady. Like you know, the thing about Tom Brady whenever he's in the Super Bowl is like the. Most of the, the 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 narrative is on Tom Brady, um, but in this case, I think a lot of the reporting is going to be pretty fair balance. I mean, Stafford he he's going to get a a, a good amount of, um, of of coverage in terms of you know his journey, but you could also say the same for Joe Burrow, um, you know, and. You know, of course, OBJ, but then you can they can also talk about Jamar Chase, and then you've got the defense. You know, you got uh, you got Aaron Donald and and uh, Von Miller. He, you know, he's he he he's the uh, the first guy I believe to be able to uh, 
is he the first guy? But they they did say that he there was a a stat that said like he's been to he's won an AFC championship, and now he's won an NFC championship. So that's pretty cool to hear. Like he's got a championship in both conferences uh, in terms of you know the the conference. So that that's great. But is that you can spread the narrative around more evenly and it won't be dominated just by one guy and so it's going to be explosive super bowl and when i do the uh i won't give a pick now but i think that my my pick is probably gonna isn't gonna surprise anybody so <laughs> that's that and um we want to thank everybody for listening to the podcast it, it was a great a great NFL playoffs. I enjoyed it. And it's been it's been a great season. And so uh, we got the Pro Bowl coming up next week on the 6th and then the Super Bowl is February 13th. And we got halftime show is going to be a going to be a, a rap all-stars all halftime show. We got Dr. Dre, Eminem, uh, Mary J. Black, which to me is weird, um, because I'm like she's not. Yeah, she was in that in that era, like you know, like '90s rap. But I, don't, I mean, she wasn't a rapper. But <laughs> so it's to me, she seemed out of place. And so you know, of course, you got uh, you got um, uh, what's my man's name? Uh, Kendrick Lamar. So you you, you got a he he's kind of like the the new you know the new the new school guy um but you you got a nice one coming up there um i think this one may not be one of the oh this is one of the best super bowl halftime performances ever but it has an opportunity to you know to to make some noise it depends on how they how the arrangements are so i'm looking forward to i'm looking forward to seeing the super bowl commercials um I'm looking forward to it. It's, it's like a holiday. So that's that. And um, and then maybe, well, I'll do a little bit of uh, of Royal Rumble. Um, now, Royal Rumble, that happened on Saturday, which is interesting. Like, And I know they don't call it pay-per-views anymore. Uh, for, for WWE, they call it a, uh, a premium live event. That So it's no longer a pay-per-view. It's a premium live event. And so... For this premium live event, it, it I thought it was pretty good. Um, you had you had shockers on both sides of the rumble. I thought the women's rumble. If you were to say which one was better, I would probably say it was the women's rumble because there was a lot more uh, intrigue and surprise to it um, and nuance. And at the end, of course, uh, you know, Ronda Rousey uh, surprises everybody and comes back and, and wins the Rumble, uh, beating beating Charlotte. And, I mean, Charlotte Charlotte looked so strong in, in that Rumble. So you got to give her props, got to give her credit. Bianca lasted as long as she could. And so that was a, it was a great showing for her. It, it was it was a good, well-balanced Rumble. Men's Rumble, you know, it wasn't, it didn't have as much sizzle, but when Brock got in that ring, oh my goodness, like you just, you knew, <laughs> you you knew he was going to win that, um, especially considering what happened between uh, him and Bobby Lashley. He was, he was out for blood. Um, and speaking of that, Lashley wins, Lashley beats Brock Lesnar in the, and wins the WWE Championship, but 
he had to do it with help from Roman Reigns uh, because Reigns comes out and, and takes out Brock after Brock knocks the referee out, F5ing, uh, F5ing Bobby Lashley. So the, you know, craziness ensues. Roman comes down and it takes out Brock. And then he, he, he requests Paul Heyman to give him the title. And Paul Heyman gives him the title. And then he clocks Brock with the title. Lashley pins him one, two, three. And now it's like, oh, wow. So it was all a work. And Heyman is actually with Roman Reigns. Like that was, so he made his decision. And so that was pretty fascinating to watch. And I was, it was a great moment for Bobby, you know, because you could tell he was, he was happy to win it. Um, and he was, he was celebrating with the crowd. It was like, so is he, is he not a heel now? Like, cause heels don't, don't slap hands with the crowd. I mean, he might, he, he may be a tweener at this point. Cause I don't know if you can, if you can look at him as a total baby face, um, but I think that he's a tweener at this point because heels don't slap hands with the fans. Like, you know, he'll see the fans that's beneath them. But it was a great moment for him. But you got to know it was tainted. It's like he can't he can't truly believe that Brock Lesnar was taken down by his hands solely. And I think that if – if you're the if if Lashley is the competitor that I think he is, it's he's gonna be enjoy being champion, but that's not gonna necessarily sit all that well with him. I mean, yeah, wins a win, but it would be it would have been more fitting if he would have you know taken him out with the with the hurt lock or uh, you know speared him for the win. So it's 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 a little tainted. Uh, and I, I I think that they should do a submission match, like a rematch submission match, Brock Lesnar versus Bobby Lashley. Uh, no one's a lot at ringside, um, and and see who can who can tap who out. I mean, because both have you know a wrestling background, both have you know understanding of submissions. I actually think Brock is is more skilled with submissions, but. Bobby Lashley is is because his arms are so strong. He it is hard to get out of that hurt lock. I mean, even if you are Brock Lesnar, Brock Lesnar figured out a way to do it, but it, he did it at the expense of hurting the referee. <laughs> uh, but that and that spelled like kind of like the beginning of the end for Brock. But to me, that would give you a definitive winner. Um, and I doubt that they'll do that. But to me. That's where I think they should go. Um, and again, with the Universal Championship, I, I thought that was how it needed to end. I mean, Roman, he had Seth. He he had him choked out, but Seth got to the ropes. Roman wouldn't break the hold. And, and so, yes, Seth wins the match, but Roman keeps the title. But also, Roman went out showing his dominance over Seth. So, yes, he didn't technically win the match, but... He did what he wanted to do. He inflicted pain on Seth, and in his way, I felt like he he feels like he got a little bit of payback for the betrayal of Seth Rollins uh, when when Seth broke up the Shield initially and joined the Authority. So I, I feel like Roman 
with the look on his face at when he had when he had hit him with the uh, with the chairs repeatedly um that was it felt like it released a lot of stuff so he was like ah, i got him back and so that that to me it'll be interesting to see how this unfolds if it unfolds like if they're uh they develop this more but that was that was fun to watch i mean that that edge uh and and um that that uh Maurice and Miz versus Edge and um how come I can't remember her name? I'm looking at her. Um the Glamazon. There we go. Beth Phoenix. That match was great. I, I felt like that could have been a match that stole the show because there was a lot of drama. There was a lot of uh, of tension in that match. And I honestly didn't know who was gonna win it. Um and so I mean I was hoping that Edge and and Beth would win it, but it was pretty. It was pretty touch and go. I mean, the the one thing that I feel like people don't give the Miz enough credit for is he's a competitor in that ring, and and he's not an easy out unless you're like a unless he's in the ring against a guy like Bobby Lashley or Brock Lesnar, um, you know, or probably I want to say probably a Drew McIntyre, but Drew. You can you can hurt him for a little bit. It's it's but his tricks don't work on like a Bobby Lashley or Brock Lesnar. But <clears throat> it's like he's he he is definitely tricky. He's definitely tough. It's not a he he's not an easy out. He's one of those slippery heels that just figures out a way to to last longer than he should and and, and somehow figures out can can figure out a way to still wins. <laughs> so it was a great match. It was a great match, and Maurice was was great. She looked great in the ring, and so I, I was happy with the result of that. Um, it was just it was a good pay per view, and I'm looking forward to seeing how things go elimination chamber wise. See what the stakes are. My hope is that is that um, the elimination chamber sets up Big E. Winning it and going on to face Bobby Lashley for the WWE title at WrestleMania. That's what I want to see. Because I think both both guys need to set a definitive end to this feud. Because kind of like, uh, you know, it there's unfinished business there. We need a definitive winner. We need to see who's the better man f- truly between Bobby Lashley and Big E and... I think if you put them at on WrestleMania, it'll be a great WrestleMania moment for Big E, um, and because I th- I think that Big E is is one of the guys that you know can really run the ball with you. I thought he did a great job when he had the title because he was a great ambassador for the company, and to me, I think that going into next into the next season of WWE. That's who you need to have running the ball uh, with the WWE title. Put it on Big E. So that's that. I don't know what's going to happen with uh, with Brock and, and Roman Reigns, but my goodness, that's going to be crazy. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be crazy to see. Uh, so that's that. Uh, thank you for listening. Appreciate everybody for tuning in. And until next time, 
Stay, you know, stay close to the Lord. If you don't know him, uh, accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. His arms are open for you. Um, and, you know, it's not too late no matter what you've done. Uh, your sins can be forgiven and he can and your life can be changed. Um, you can be you, you can walk in life and in victory uh, rather than be um, in, in danger of eternal separation from the father. So accept Christ today. He is ready to receive you. Take care. God bless. Peace. Hey, everybody. Damon here. I've written many books, and one is a children's book called Watch Your Temper. We all get angry when things don't go our way, but how we handle it is what really matters. When Brandon and Trick get into a squabble, the dad teaches them an important lesson about what happens when anger goes unchecked. If you want to read this book to your kids, if you want to acquire this book, go to smithbooks77.square.site. Pick it up, read it to your little ones, teach them about how to handle anger the right way and not the wrong way.